Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and I'm glad you could join us today. Uh, right as we get started here, uh, as of this recording, July 2020, we are celebrating 15 years as a ministry. Hard to believe uh, how that God has taken us on this journey, what he has done from our beginning. And you think back to uh, 2005, uh, Twitter was, uh, you know, hadn't started yet. Facebook was only a year old. Uh, YouTube started that same year. Uh, and, uh, you know, podcasting wasn't really a big thing back then. And uh, God has taken those tools and allowed us to come and to be there for you on your journey. And now you've come in at some point along. Uh, maybe you're one of those uh, uh, that were there back at the beginning. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> or uh, you uh, have joined us in the last... Uh, week. This is your first time listening to us. Uh, Welcome uh, to this journey as together we go after Jesus and all that he has for us and all that uh, we can experience as we run after him and we uh, Christ's connection. We're connecting to Christ and out of that flows rivers of living water. So thank you for joining us uh, today on this journey. My guest today is Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson is the global pastor of the Oaks Church. Uh, The Oaks is in South Dallas, and they have thousands that gather there on a regular basis. He is a frequent conference speaker. I've heard him at conferences and mentors churches uh, and pastors uh, around the country. Uh, 30 years of pastoral uh, full-time ministry, and he's worked with dozens of pastors and leaders through his Scott Wilson Consulting. Uh, The church has the Oaks School of Leadership, a specialized training ministry for young leaders, uh, kind of a hands-on experience while earning college credits. Uh, He's the author of uh, several books, including uh, Parenting with Purpose, which we talk about, The Seven Keys to Raising a World Changer, uh, P3, Praying in the Spirit, clear the stage, making room for God, also about the Holy Spirit. We talk about uh, that as well. We talk about uh, talking uh, about uh, leadership development and how how you can grow as a leader, how you can develop others in leadership. So this is a wide-ranging conversation that I think is going to be an encouragement to you, uh, help you on your journey. So sit back, relax, and without further ado, my conversation with Scott Wilson. All right, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, man, it's good to be here. I'm glad we got this set up, and uh, I have a tradition around here to always start my conversation somewhere way out in left field. So <laughs> we're going right. to... Uh, I'll try to move you out there. All right, because when I think of you, and actually in our household, when my wife and I are talking about you, we always go back to a message you preached years ago at the Minnesota district council uh pastors retreat thing and for uh, i don't know how long you stood up there and began you went faithful 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 and you went uh, and uh, so whenever so even my wife was leaving just a few minutes ago she said all right have fun and faithful 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 (laughs) 
Yeah. Hey, hey, that's memorable, isn't it? It is. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a that's an illustration. You know, that's really powerful to me. You know, just the concept of you just you know people think all the time I got to be smart, I got to be brilliant, I got to be talented, I got to be incredible. But you know, there's something to be said of I am who God made me to be. And if I just show up every day and be faithful to say what he tells me to say, faithful to do what he's telling me to do, faithful to give what he's telling me to give, just faithful to go where he wants me to go, just faithful, faithful, faithful. It will eventually after you put that day after day, month after month, year after year together, it will turn into fruitful. And it's like out of nowhere, you didn't even see it coming, but you were just faithful, 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 faithful. And then here comes fruitful. Have, have you found that true? Any specific points in your own life that you look back and say, I, I was being faithful, <laughs> thought about not being, you know, like this is, I'm tired. And then all of a sudden God was fruitful. And you're like, okay. <clears throat> Oh yeah, man. I mean, that, I, I think it's like, uh, that's probably why I use that illustration and people remember it because it's kind of, uh, an illustration of what I feel is my whole life. I mean, you know, it's like every, it, I feel so many times like, man, I don't, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to handle that. Or, you know, I, I just don't feel as I'm as talented as that guy or doing this, but if, if I'm just going to show up, I'm just going to do what God's telling me to do. God, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to preach? You know, what, what's the next move and just putting it together, just waking up every day in my marriage and uh, with my kids, you know, even right now with uh, one of my kids, I'm still being faithful, waiting for the fruitful. You know, he is one of my closest friends. He's my son is he's the most talented. Unbelievable. He's my favorite person on the planet, but he's still trying to figure out his relationship with God. And I just every day pray for him and every day I love him. And every day I'm just being faithful, faithful. And I say, God, you love him more than I do. You're going to do everything you can do to, to reach him. And I believe, I, and in some ways I really believe he probably already has made a decision for the Lord. It's just, he's struggling and, and kind of not in alignment on it. But I just pray every day, God, help him to see your love, help him to know your love. And I am just being faithful and knowing that the fruitful is going to come. That's awesome. Cause we're, we're in it. We're, we're, we don't, we don't get to experience everything all right, right away. And so uh, I hope everyone listening is faithful, faithful that, that, that they, when they think of this conversation, they, they hear that, hear you saying wow. that faithful. Yeah, man. That's it. <laughs> what else is there, man? What else do we have except for what we've been given from God? You know, that's what, that's what John the Baptist says. What do I have? from heaven except for the Lord. I mean, what, what can I do except for what I've been given? And so the key is faithful. When the, when the Lord tells the whole story about, Hey, I'm going to get, you know, this master had five talents. He gave to one, two to one, one to another. And you know, the two guys came back that doubled it. They were just faithful with what they had been given and they just brought back double. They just brought back what they'd been given and, and they had doubled it. And what did the Lord say? Well done, good and faithful. Faith. It's all it all comes down to just showing up and being obedient to what the Lord has called us to do. Now, you said, oh, what's next? Now, I, just to set the context here, I, I understand in the last six months, you've kind of transitioned at the church and you have the title global pastor. Now, as for uh, someone outside of the, the Oaks, uh, First, what is global uh, pastor and why, why the transition? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, I'm so glad you asked me that, Kevin, because 
it's just a big deal going on in our lives and, and in our church. You know, our church will be 100 years old in January. So obviously I didn't found that I wasn't the founding pastor. <laughs> My dad was the pastor before me. So I don't even know if I know anybody, if there, I'm sure there is somebody, but I don't know anybody personally that's 50 years old, which is what I am, who has uh, received a church, you know, at, in succession from my father, and then now had a spiritual son come back home, and now 20 years later, hand that off uh, to the spiritual son and stay there. I mean, uh, I, that, I think it's an incredible deal. Chris Rayleigh was on staff with us for three years, uh, back 13 years ago. And then we planted a church with him in Mesquite and stayed in relationship with him. I mean, we still live close by. That's only like 25 minutes away and stayed in relationship. And then he, he was hired and, and called of God to go to Springfield and to become the head of Church Multiplication Network for the last seven, eight years. And it's just seen hundreds of churches be planted. And uh, it just was in the last year that God began to speak it to my heart about this tension that I feel of on one side, I feel a tug pastorally, you know, I've been there 31 years as youth pastor, associate pastor and senior pastor. And then the other side, the tug apostolically or as a spiritual father to uh, help pastors. We've had over 500 people leave our church into full-time ministry since I've been there. We've had 21 churches planted that we've either planted directly or in partnership with people out of our church and different things like that. So it's a big deal with us to disciple and to multiply and to do it as a family. And so as God was laying on my heart, really what happened is two years ago, this is what happened. Okay. Doug Clay is at the CMN conference and our superintendent, he gets up and he says, all right, I want to, I want, you know, the altar call was everybody in here, where's God calling you to plant, whether you're going to go do it or you're going to help do it. And I went down and God didn't give me a place. He gave me a number and it was 50 and I'm going, okay, 50, that's something to give your life to <laughs> every year. The Lord put in my heart to plant 50 trees. I'm going, how in the world am I going to do that? And, and so I come back and I, and I start sharing that with some of the key leaders in my life. I said, key people in my life. I said, I think God's telling me I'm supposed to plant 50 churches a year. How do we do that? I don't know how to go from two or three a year to 50. I don't know how to do it. And not only that, I know it's supposed to be in a fathering aspect and not just here's some money, go start something, you know, like this, but to have that relationship. And through prayer, God revealed to me, you know how sometimes God says, this is what you're going to do as a end result, but then there's a process that really ha you didn't see coming. And so what the Lord said is, I don't want you to plant those 50 churches directly. I want you to raise up the spiritual fathers and mothers who are going to plant those churches. So what we've done is we started a thing called the Father Initiative. And 12 pastors a year, my wife and I are taking on to be a spiritual father and mother to them, large churches who have a heart to be spiritual fathers and mothers with the understanding that at the end of the year, they're going to take on four churches to launch. And so that'd be 48 churches in that way. We'll just have to trust God with the other two, you know, <laughs> but that they'll do that. And so we're, we're doing that. Well, I already started that a year ago. And with this tension, God just told me it's time. And so uh, a year ago, I called Chris and I said, hey, first of all, I suck at um, interviewing because I'm pretty good at pastoring. What I do, Kevin, every time on an interview is I just talk people into, if you come here, it's going to be awesome, man. This place is pretty <laughs> good, you know, and I don't even check out if they're going to be the right person. And you're laughing. You must have the same issue. I mean, it's right. not good. 
And so I told Chris, I said, if you're interested, I want to fly you out to Atlanta to meet with Dr. Sam Chan, let him interview you because he's good at it. And he knows me for 10 years, has been a mentor and a spiritual father to me. And so he's going to be able to tell me a thumbs up if this might work. And so he went and met with him. Dr. Chan said, I think this could be the guy. I'm not saying he is the guy, but let's see. And so we started on a process. You know what we did is I went to the board and I told him what God was speaking to me that I said, I know God's calling me to this fathering work to this uh, raising up fathers and spiritual fathers and to raise up pastors and to help them in this way and to support them to come into health and to do this. And um, they all said, we know that we see it all over you. We were just waiting for you to come tell us. And I said, so you want me to stay and do it here? They said, absolutely. We're going to be like Antioch that set, you know, Paul and Barnabas decide to go out unto God to do this. And that's how we want it to be. And I said, great. Well, I think that God may be calling Chris and Kara Rayleigh back to be the lead pastors here. And they said, well, how would we know? I said, I think we need to go into a process uh, of discovery. And I said, so why don't we call him back to be on our teaching team? And he, we just fly him in to preach once a month. So he doesn't have to move here. He doesn't have to change what he's doing his job. But every time he flies in and preach, then other people, we can meet with the board and the staff and just investigate and discover. Well, that went on for about nine months. And then we had in Jan January, a prayer and fasting for three weeks as a board and as a staff and really as a whole church. We just didn't tell the whole church what they're praying. <laughs> and God talked to everyone. I told them, hey, God chooses the lead pastor, not us. What we do is pray and hear from God, and then we bring our confirmation to affirm what God has said. And so all of the board of elders, all the board of directors, and all the staff came with a prophetic word. They prayed until they heard from God, a scripture, a vision. Some of them had dreams. Some of them had a, a word from God. Or, and and we, had, we sat, Chris and Kara and me and Jenny sat on couches, and it took us like four hours in two different sessions for each one of them to come forward and share the prophetic word over us because we said, we're not going to a vote. A vote is just a man confirmation of what God has established and done. And so after they gave the words and did all that, then I had the director stand up and say, what do you say? They are all in favor. You know, elders, what do you say? And so then we brought it to the church, shared it with them. And that was actually only like six, seven weeks ago. And this Friday is the installation. So John Maxwell's coming in and he's going to speak on fathering for a few minutes. And then he's gonna lay hands on Jenny and I as global pastor, which the reason why I'm having him come in, Kevin, is because he was a big part of it. Last year when I was in uh, Kenya with him, we were in Kenya and one night after some of the ministry going on and stuff that was going, it, he pulled me to the side and he says, Scott, I want you to know something. You're a nation changer. God's called you to nations. God's called you to those who are in office, those who are in leadership. Uh, and I just want you to know, I see that in you. And I went back to my room and I thought, man, was that John or was that God? <laughs> and I felt like the Lord put it in my heart that it was like Samuel going to David and telling him, you know, what, what he was to do and that it was a God deal, but God told Samuel to go say it. And he was the greatest man of God on the planet, you know, and represented kind of that authority that he would be the one who would say it. So I think with John saying that to me is God knew that since I was like 19 years old, I had been reading and listening to Maxwell stuff and this relationship in the last two years that God could use him to speak that into me. And it would be God saying it with a confirmation from him. And it's, that's when I went on a month long sabbatical and heard it from the Lord. So him coming in is very special. 
to pray over us. And then I'm going to turn around and pray over Chris and Karen, believe the mantle of God coming on them double portion as the lead pastor. And then the global pastor role is what I'm doing on the spiritual fathering. And then we're starting an organization called Ready, Set, Grow based off of a book I wrote and helping churches that are running, you know, 400, 500, 600, 800 that want to grow in their systems and their structures and their paradigms and their thinking and their board, their staff, their church on the processes and all that they need to do to continue to grow, you know, past a thousand and beyond, because that's not an easy, there's a paradigm shift there. That's not just about getting more people. I always described it this way for us, Kevin, three different times in 10 years, we went into the 900s and all three times we went down to 650, three (laughs) times. We didn't go down to 750. We didn't go down to 550. We went to 650. So I met with our staff and my very staff, first staff meeting I ever did as pastor. And I told him, I said, guys, you know what we learned in 10 years? We know how to do 650. That's the whole in our bucket. No matter how much God pours into us, no matter how many people God brings to us, just give us a minute. We'll get back down to what we know how to handle. And so that's what God's called me to do is to help these fathers who are going to raise up sons and daughters and be with them for life. And then they're going to grow and we're going to help them pass the barriers and, and learn the systems. Basically this, Kevin, how great would it be if every generation of the church got bigger, better, and stronger because they didn't have to start from scratch, but they started from a spiritual inheritance. Well, that's awesome. Hey, no, that's great. <laughs> hey, and I, I mean, I kind of get from you that this, this has been a process, hey, but I got to ask, I mean, for someone, you're, you're only 50, so I, uh, that would still be young by most standards of transition out of... Uh, 100%. 100%. I don't know that I know anybody as young as I am who's done that. Right. So, uh, I mean, you have all these confirmations, but for someone who's listening and God's stirring some change inside, you've done something that is, in some sense, I mean, well, you, is unusual. Yeah. Uh, is it the confirmation that gave you the courage or is there something else in there that, uh, that really propelled you to say, okay, I can, I can do this. I can make that, that change. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So let me first tell you that there's still every morning I have to wake up and go faithful, 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 faithful. <laughs> because every, there are mornings I'm telling you this last week, there were two days. Jenny kept going, are you okay? Are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm okay. I just haven't figured it out yet. I don't know how to do this. This is a new season. This is a new deal. I don't have my rhythm yet. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, I'm not there. And so I'm confused and it makes me a little angry. And I I just, you know, but God's going to show me. So I don't want to make it sound like I've got confirmations. I got this. I'm walking with this incredible anointing and just have it all together. Really what it is, is my whole life since I was in my twenties, So I'll just start there. In my 20s, I had a dream. And I'm not talking about I have a dream. I'm talking about I had a dream. I was asleep and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was preaching to this like outdoor crusade, huge crowd. And I was like on this elevated platform and I'm up there preaching. There's like a wooden podium in front of me. So people couldn't see in the crowd, uh, you know, from my waist down because the wooden podium was there. But from the waist up, they could. And in the dream, I looked down and there was a cutout hole in the platform. And my dad was standing in that hole. And I was standing on the shoulders of my dad. And he had his hands around my ankles. His eyes were closed. He had tears coming down his face and he's praying for me. And the Lord spoke to me in the dream. And he said, everybody else, it looks like you built a platform for yourself. But in essence, you're standing on the shoulders of your father. 
I've called you to give your shoulders to the next generation. And so even in my 20s, that's when I just begin to say, I, everybody I meet, I'm going to help them. And my success is going to be helping them to become more successful. I want to give them everything I have so that they can get further down the road. That spiritual inheritance was everything that was in my heart. And so, first of all, I don't think I could do it at 50 if in my 20s and 30s I wasn't already preparing and planning in my life that one of the biggest things I wanted to do is to raise up leaders uh, for the kingdom of God and raise up spiritual men and women who are going to give their lives for the kingdom. And that the way that the crank is turned in my heart, like the way that I get juiced up and excited, is not when I have the mic. It's when my sons and daughters have the mic. It's not when I did the thing. It's when I see the, them. Do, right now, you don't understand. Every Sunday that Chris is up there preaching, I am freaking out, can't hardly sit in my seat to see, look at that guy. Look what God's doing in his life. This is amazing. Oh my gosh, this is about to go to a whole other level. That's that's what God has put in me. And I believe he's put in the hearts of many people. And this is what Malachi 4, he says, the very last verse in the Old Testament. He says, in the last days before the great and mighty day of the Lord, he's going to send the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to sons and daughters and sons and daughters back to their fathers. That's what he's doing in our day. And I believe that what God's doing is he's stirring the hearts of men and women to say they care more about raising up sons and daughters, getting on their shoulders, becoming bigger, better, and stronger, starting with a spiritual inheritance instead of scratch starting from scratch and that every generation can be this way and, and that that it's more important to do that than how big their church is or how big their ministry is in their day that's when we're going to see the kingdom of god uh go forward in such power that it actually is going to have transformational influence in nations in cities and communities because people aren't thinking about themselves they're thinking about helping every generation become more powerful more anointed and so i think you got to have that vision you got to plan for it. And then whenever God said it, whenever God says it. So part of it is I was, God said, I'm ready, even if I didn't feel ready. But then the second thing is I look, you know, what was very compelling to me, Kevin, I looked at Chris, he was ready. And I, and if I would have waited, he would have been past ready. And so what I see is a lot of times people aren't looking for how to pass the baton. You know that passing the baton, it seems to me my whole life, it looks like pastors pass the baton when they're worn out. And I've never seen a relay race that's effective in a championship relay team that's passing the baton, barely walking into the exchange range or the exchange area. They're running full tilt and handing that, that baton off, running as hard as they can. They're still at full speed. And I think sometimes we think the only time we're going to make transitions is when we're so exhausted, we can't make it. I determined I'm going to keep going, doing everything God wants me to do, but I want to make the transitions that are time. So right now, do you understand? We're able to double down on the outreach of multiplication at the same time as, as Chris coming in to double down on the focus of our community. And we get to do it side by side together as a spiritual father and son who love each other, champion each other. And now it's an explosion of greatness. But I don't think that that's been modeled much, much for us. And so it causes people to go, well, that's not how it works. Somebody has to leave in order for somebody to come. And if somebody stays, then they're going to be jealous or they're going to have uh, problems or they're going to mess things up or there's going to be competition. Well, that's only if the guy who is stepping out doesn't have nothing to do. But I got a whole <laughs> other world. In other words, I'm not spending my time trying to be a lesser person of who I was. I'm trying, I'm giving my heart to become the bigger person God's called me to become.
Nice, and nice. in doing that, Chris is growing, I'm growing, and we're growing together. Hey, and I got to ask because the, hey, one of the themes of this podcast keeps coming up is about multiplication and discipleship making and leader. And, yeah. I, and I know, I know that you've written an entire book uh, on, on the subject, but if a leader was looking at one or two things from the practical end uh, that they could do today to, you know, I got to ask you, since you're the guy, uh, what are a couple things they could do today to start that leadership development cycle going to the next level? Yeah, you know, I think, first of all, every lead pastor, or every youth pastor, or every, so anybody who is in a role of being a leader of, in a place of, of an organization and business and whatever, I think we've got to all understand you can't give people something you don't have. And you can't take people places you haven't been. So the very first step is to actually be a person that you can look at people in a spiritual sense, like Paul did and say, follow me as I'm following Christ. He didn't say, I, I, do you understand that right now, if I got on here and that hadn't been said by Paul, that if I said that people would say it's heresy, Hey guys, <laughs> I want you to follow Jesus. That's exactly what you say. But to say, Hey, I want you to follow me and do what I do as I'm following Jesus. And if you follow me, you're in alignment with him. That's, those are some big words. And yet the thing is, that's the power of what it means to be a spiritual leader that, or a spiritual father. That is to be a model, is to be a puzzle box so people can put their life together of what it should look like. And so we need to be able to become people who are growing ourselves so that we have something to give growing ourselves so we can take people places that we've, we've been. And, and so I think the very first step is we have to have a growth team and a growth plan ourselves. And what I mean by growth team, when I ask people, do you have a team? They go, Oh yeah, I got this person on my staff, that person with that. No, I'm talking about your team. I have a counselor I go to every other week for two hours and been doing that for 20 years. It took my wife five years to talk me into doing it because I said, Christians don't do that especially pastors don't do that. Top leaders don't do that. And then after five years, she said, I don't care who you are <laughs> for our marriage and for our health. You're having panic attacks. You need to go in. And so 20 years ago, I started going to a counselor. I've been doing it for 20 years. I do it proactively. I do it so I don't fall apart. I do it because there's all kinds of stuff I'm carrying. I do it because I want to know how do I handle my adult children. I want to know how do I do it when I have in, uh, I have two daughter-in-laws now. I want to do it on how do I handle empty nest. So that's on my growth team. The second part, uh, I have others. I have, I have mentors in my life. I have spiritual fathers in my life. I have prayer team in my life. I've got truth friends, people who tell me the truth. So I've got my growth team. So if a guy or a lady is wanting to raise up other people and other leaders, just recognize this. You are the lead to their growth if you're their leader. You will be able to pull them up, but only as far as you are. And so that you need to continue to grow. One of the things I find is the biggest hindrance on that, Kevin, and I preached about it Sunday on Father's Day. I just preached about how I think probably the biggest hindrance to my personal growth is self-esteem because I can never grow beyond the way I see myself. You know, God can be saying he's called me, let's just say on a scale of one to 10, maybe God made me and gifted me and, and has made me in such a way, kind of like a five talent person to be a nine. Okay. But if I only see myself as a seven, God can't even get me to a nine if I see myself as a seven. How do I know it? I see it all the way through the word of God. 
people who God blessed. They had faith to obtain the gift, but they didn't have the identity to contain it. They couldn't keep it. They couldn't hold it. And so the thing that, that I, uh, I think is number one is people growing, not only in their wisdom and knowledge and books and all that, but that they're having counselors and people in their life to help them to come into the understanding of seeing themselves the way God sees them. That's the greatest gift you can give as a leader. The second thing is I think you just need to start with who's around you. Instead of saying stuff like, man, uh, God, if you brought me good people, I would, I would do it. Well, listen, if it's your first people, if these are the first people you're discipled, you're probably not that good at it either. <laughs> just start where you're at. Just start with who you have and then start growing together. What You say, well, what, what's my curriculum? I don't know. What are you learning? Whatever you're learning, teach them. Whatever's going on in your life, teach them. Take them with you. I never go anywhere alone. I never go. Everything I do, there's, I take people with me. If I, and that's how I do it. I don't always, people say, Hey, can I spend time with you? I go, well, you want to go with me to the store? Do you want to go with me when I'm going to this meeting? You know, like that, even today, even in our podcast discussion, I asked a couple of people, Hey, I don't, they said, can you spend time? So I'm about to do this podcast. Can you want to come sit? Well, I can't do that now. You know, like this, because there's a, there's a proximity power that just being with people will, will impact their life. And so I, I try, just start with the people that are around you and give them what you've got and quit belittling yourself and thinking you don't have anything to give and give what you've got. And if you keep growing, people are attracted to growing people and people are attracted to loving people and people are attracted to authentic people. And so just, just be who God's calling you to be and grow in that and then share it with other people. So uh, is that, and I'll go this way because it seems to be going, uh, is that why you wrote the Parenting on Purpose book? Is that part of the, the thought process of that? Yeah, well, exactly. You know, the Parenting with Purpose book is funny, Kevin, because my dad died this year. And he had Alzheimer's. It was called Lewy body dementia. So it's a form of Alzheimer's. It's horrible, terrible. My dad was my pastor my whole life. You know, uh, my dad taught me how to pray. Got up every morning and prayed. And in my junior year, he was so scared about where I, what I was going to do in my life and everything that he made me get up and pray an hour with him every morning. Talk about dedication. It's one thing to pray yourself. It's another thing to get somebody who's reluctant to do it and to get him up. And got my brothers up and we prayed the Lord's Prayer for an hour every morning, my whole junior year, an hour before everything. From my five years old until I got to my own car where I could drive myself to school and get a license, every morning we memorized scriptures on the way uh, to, to school. Every night he would tell me a story and, uh, about Johnny and his daddy, which would really be just a reenactment of the story of what he and I did together that day. Great dad teaching me all these things. And then you got Louis body dementia. Couldn't even remember. Didn't even know who I was. Was crazy. I was, I mean, just not, not there. Really tough. And it was during that season that I just began to write down things that he taught me and write down things uh, that were difficult, even in the challenge of losing him and, and going through that process. And even some things that I saw in him that were some insecurities and some things that were challenges for me, things that were in me that the Bible would call iniquities, passed down tendencies toward that he and I talked about. And he even owned up to me and said, hey, you're probably struggling this because I do, you know, like this. So the book I wrote 
was, is really just a, a series of messages and talks that God began to give me about loving our kids and discipling our kids. But one of the biggest parts of it is I knew this, I'm never going to be a great dad until I understand how to be a loving and receptive son to my heavenly father. What I see all the time is moms and dads are getting books. Like the title of the book is Parenting with Purpose, Seven Keys to Raising World Changers. And people go, man, I'm going to go to those seven keys. I'm going to do it. Well, cool. That's cool. But let me tell you something. If you haven't forgiven your parents, if you haven't let God be the father to the fatherless, which means I had a dad, but that didn't mean I had a perfect dad. So there's gaps and there's wounds. So if I don't let him be a father in the gaps, and if I don't let him be a father to heal the wounds, then guess what? I can even do the seven keys right but they come out with dissonance. They come out weird. Why? Because I'm not whole as a son. So how can I be whole and healthy as a dad? And I think one of the biggest things about it is I, I thought, man, I'm going to help some moms and dads with practical tools uh, of how to help their kids and disciple their kids and to grow them up in the Lord. But probably the biggest thing I could do is take them by the hand and walk with them through the pain of their past to overcome the past hurts and wounds from their mom, from their dad. All of us have mom wounds. All of us have father issues, all of it. So I did 11 videos that is a masterclass that goes with the book. So when people get the book, they get the masterclass. And I did the masterclass because I thought, man, a book, that's cool that you can sit down and do that. I'm not sure that I'm going to be in the book as effective as I am in talking with someone through how to discover the hurts and the pains of their past, how to forgive their mom and dad, and how to overcome those things so that God's truth can come in to where the enemy has brought lies. And so that's, it's kind of, it's a dual deal going on is I got to get healed as a son and daughter so that I can be a good mom and dad. That sounds great. I'm going to have to check it out myself. <laughs> you know what? Any, you can get it at Parenting with Purpose book dot com parenting with purpose book dot com and when you go there you just see it's it's twenty four ninety nine because it's the book plus the ebook plus the master class and all of it together and I, I think it's really really powerful uh to help people in this area and uh, we've gotten a lot I just came out you know right before the COVID stuff and all the quarantine I mean all of us sheltering in place I mean it had just come out and so one of the funny things is, is with everybody being at home with their kids, homeschooling and all that, I've sold a lot of books <laughs> and a lot of masterclasses with people going, oh, <laughs> it's good timing there with, <laughs> with what's going on. Uh, everyone's learning the bottom of their, their own barrel there. Uh, I, I, can't, I, I can't let you go without talking about the Holy Spirit since you've written two books uh, on the subject. Uh, Holy Spirit, P3, praying the Holy Spirit and clear the stage with, uh, that was with John Bates. Uh, yeah. And kind of a, uh, to start with, is that always been a, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, things like, has that always been a passion of yours that you end up writing two books or is it uh, something that's kind of God's worked with you through the seasons of life? Yeah, you know, well, I've grown up with my dad being a similar God pastor my whole life and my grandparents on both sides, assembly of God. So definitely have grown up with that being a major theme in our house and our church camps, you know, revivals. So always um, believed in it, always thought 
you know, this is real. But I think uh, probably what got me to be more em emphasized in writing those two books and doing all that, the emphasis in my life became more of the frustration of growing up and feeling like sometimes people did not always handle the gifts in a way that I think was honoring to the Lord and uh, encouraging. Like, like first Corinthians uh, uh, 14 verse two says, Hey, all the prophetic is to encourage, strengthen and comfort. Okay. So if we are coming out of certain, we're not feeling encouraged, strengthen and comfort, then it's not really coming out right. You know, it, it may be the tone, it may be the way that it was shared or, or whatever it is. It may be a percentage like, Hey, that was 50% God, but 50% something else you wanted to say, you know, <laughs> Whatever it is, I didn't always feel like it was building the church. Sometimes it was building someone else's agenda. And so those things caused me at an early age when I got into ministry, like 19, 20, 21, and I started getting into influence. I started thinking, you know what? I'm not sure I want this. And I believe in it and I want to do it behind the scenes, but I don't see how this is fruitful or how it's ever going to pay off. And then God began to, to work in me with different people and helping me to understand, you know what? God wouldn't give us gifts that aren't effective. God wouldn't give us tools and means and tell us about them and so forth if they did not have power to truly make a difference in people's lives. So I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I need to look at this different. Maybe this isn't that these gifts are weird. Maybe it is just the people were weird. And the gifts actually could function in a way that's naturally supernatural, that's powerful, effective, and people could actually, I think Peter on the day of Pentecost, you know where it says in Acts 2 verse 17, it says he stood up with the 11 and he said to them, hey, listen to me, let me explain. This is what the prophet Joel said. He's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You know, your, your young men are going to see vision. Your old men dream dreams. And even on my men servants and maid servants, they're going to, they're going to, uh, prophesy. Well, what is he doing? He's getting up and he's pastoring the moment. Everybody's thinking they're drunk. Everybody's thinking they're weird. Everybody's saying these guys are out of their mind, right? He gets up and he says, we're not out of our mind. Let me explain. Listen to me. Let me explain. Here's what the Bible says. By the time he gets done explaining, pastoring the moment, Acts 2.38, they said, what do we need to do? And he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for forgiveness of your sins. And then you can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, this promise for you and for your children, for your children's children. And then it goes on the, you know, there's all these thousands of people who get saved. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and, you know, they get the same experience. So how do they go from your nuts out of your mind to salvation to spirit filled? It was because somebody pastored the moment. Somebody actually paused and said, we're not going to just have our Pentecostal party and, and say, well, y'all get in or don't get in. We're doing our thing. Uh, you know, this is, we don't, we don't, we don't hold the spirit back. No, that's, that's slang for, we don't care if anybody understands. I just want to do my thing. I don't want to have a personal experience that is not engaging other people coming closer to the Lord. Uh, the Bible even says that. It says anybody's using a gift, let it be to edify the church, not edify them. I mean, now the edification of them is anybody who speaks in tongues edifies himself. That's in personal prayer time. And then as I started seeing that, in the Acts 4, or in the 1 Corinthians 14, and it says in verse 13, anybody who prays in the Spirit should also seek that they would understand and have the gift of understanding. 
I started going, man, what is that about? And I started thinking, you know, I've been taught my whole life. That means that if somebody speaks in tongues in a service, a gift of tongues, you know, let everybody hears it, then that means you get, you know, you need to know that you can give the interpretation in case nobody else has it. I mean, that's legit. That's fine because we need to have that. But the very next verse, if you look in the context, he says, for this reason, when I pray, I pray in the spirit and with understanding. I sing in the spirit and with understanding. And so it, 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 the whole, and then it goes on and saying that God's heart is wanting to bring revelation to us. So the, the power of this is I started going, you know what, when I pray, I'm going to pause and just ask God, what are you wanting to answer? Whether it is he's giving me the understanding of what I'm praying, which would be interpretation, or the understanding of him actually answering me back what he has me praying in the spirit, but there would be revelation he wants me to know, do I believe God wants to reveal himself to me? Absolutely. First Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has planned for us, but he has revealed it to us by his spirit. So when I pray, I don't want to just be, okay. So anytime you pray in tongues, the Bible says it is the spirit praying with your spirit to do. The Holy Spirit is praying that he's guiding that. So I'm praying an alignment with the will of the father every time I pray in the spirit. And then when I stop and I say, God, speak to me, he will tell me, he speaks to me. And then when that happens, I can come into agreement with it. Then the real power, Kevin, comes is when we start getting together in a group and everybody's praying the spirit and everybody starts listening for what God's saying. And then we share it with each other. And I didn't mean to do it, but in P3, I start explaining what it is. P3 just means pray in the spirit, pray the understanding and pray in agreement. And that I started writing down what people said just so I could keep notes of it. And then I said, well, let me just read back what God said. And then when I read it back, it's as if he got the first line, she got the second line, he got the third line. And it comes out as this one whole communication to us that's unbelievably awesome. Almost like at the Super Bowl at halftime when people have those placards and they put it up like this and everybody has that. It's pixel, human pixelated. You know, they have all these cards and it makes this huge picture. That's how it is. God gives. Now wonder, he says in there, let everybody prophesy in turn. Now wonder, he says, if somebody's standing up prophesying another sitting down but they get a word let the guy standing up sit down and go up i never understood that why would we interrupt this guy because he's prophesying in part first corinthians 13 says this other guy's got the next part and this girl's got the next part and this is how we do it together that's why we come together as a body he gives us a whole and so i'm totally 100 dependent on god but i'm also 100 interdependent on those in the body in order to get the whole of what god has to say and so that's why I think that's where I've got really interested in the gifts because it got me closer to hear from God. It gets us closer in unity with each other that we're all hearing from God. And I think if we take the weirdness out of it, which means teach people how to do it, not just cross our finger and say, man, I hope everybody knows how to do this without doing it weird. Have we have times of doing it where everybody can learn and we give feedback and talk together this this is, uh, you know, laboratory type times. This is, this is how I think is effective in us growing together. Give people a chance to learn. I love that. One of my uh, phrases is we need to deliver the church from the spirit of weird because <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of, and so you got to teach through that, give people space to make mistakes and give people the opportunity to, to grow in that. And so uh, it's part of the process of being a spirit led uh, people. Uh, exactly. 
to be respectful for your time, I'm going to, uh, in a second, going to ask you where uh, people can learn out more about all your stuff and things like that. But uh, I, I just got to ask, and you've been pouring out your heart with uh, passion about the things of the spirit. I would love it if you'd be willing to just pray for the audience that they, they would kind of begin to grow in a new way. And then we'll uh, kind of wrap it up after that. Absolutely. Okay, let me do that. <sighs> Thank you, Father that you love us so much. Thank you for just being you. Thank you for just being a great dad. Thank you for loving us perfectly. And I pray right now for everybody who is listening. I pray that Lord, you would just touch their heart right now. Just wherever you're at, if you have an opportunity, just kind of posture your heart to be open to the Lord. And I pray right now, God, as we open our hearts to you, I pray that you fill each person's heart with your love and with your grace. I pray that you heal every wound, and I pray, Lord, that you will fill every gap. And I pray that you would help each one of us just to receive the fullness, the whole measure of what you have for us, Christ. So that we, our eyes would be open to your incredible love. Our ears would be open to the revelation you have for us. And God, that we would know who we are in you, that we would see ourselves the way you see us. Not only that we could love ourselves like you love us, but we can love others with confidence because we're loved. And so God, I just pray that you help people right now to know how much you love them so that we can walk according to love like you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, <clears throat> so this has been great. Uh, where can people learn about what you're, uh, you're doing, find all your books, things like that? Uh, what's the best place to send them? Yeah, I think that parentingwithpurposebook.com is kind of the latest place on there. You know, Scott Wilson Leadership is what I do, but but right now that's the focus on that one. And uh, the Father Initiative is coming out and the Ready, Set, Grow is coming out just in the next few weeks. I'm only three weeks into doing the gig. <laughs> uh, we'll have them up. But that parentingwithpurposebook.com and, and p3book.com, anybody who's interested in the P3, what I just talked about and praying the spirit with the understanding agreement, you can go to P3, the letter P, the number three book.com. And it has the same thing there too. I don't know if you've seen that Kevin, but it has the book on there, the ebook on there that I've written on it. And then it has uh, the, the, if you want to purchase all the videos and all that, I've done a masterclass to help uh, small groups, churches, youth groups, kids, church, how to do it in your staff meeting, your board meeting, every, everywhere to basically make it the culture of what your church does. And so I take you through that whole deal on the videos and teach how to do it. Perfect. Right, well, I will put that also all those links in the show notes so the audience can get that as well. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking the time today, Scott. What a blast, man. Thank you. It's been great. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope you take something away from it. Just don't listen to this uh, and say, oh, that, one, that was nice. Uh, try and find something that you can apply to your life, or apply to your leadership, apply to your place of service. Uh, maybe it's that growth team that he talked about. That's one of the things I've been thinking about since I had the conversation. What, uh, who do I need to add to my life? Who do I need to be a part of my journey so that I can grow in my relationship with Jesus? And as I grow in my relationship with Jesus, 
others are blessed because of it. Uh, so uh, try and think of that one thing. Again, if you're trying to think of one thing, then can't think of things. Uh, that growth team would be a great place to start. Uh, also, head on over to the show notes at christconnection.cc slash podcast so you get all the resources that we talked about today, uh, how you can connect with Scott, things like that. Uh, again, it's christconnection.cc slash podcast. And as I said at the front, this is our 15-year uh, celebration has begun here. We may celebrate all year. Who knows? But uh, if if you're part of us in some way with well, email, Facebook, Twitter, uh, say hi. Say uh, how God's blessed you through the ministry. That would be great. We'd love to hear from you and all that God is doing in your life. Hey, if you're listening to this for the first time, don't forget to subscribe uh, to the channel. We've got good things coming for you in your walk with Jesus around the corner. And until next time, thanks for listening.